Hi, welcome to Resourced Adult, where two close friends with two clinical backgrounds ask one question. How can we expand, redefine, and integrate the idea of being a grown-up? Welcome to Episode 7 of the Resourced Adult. Coming to you live from Portland, Oregon, this is Dr. Danny Anderson. Hi, this is Kim Oswald. I'm here in Chicago, Illinois. Awesome. It is, what time is it over there in Chicago? It's getting, it's creeping up on 10 p.m. here. Creeping, creeping. This is how we, this is how we roll uh, the resource adult fans, the RA fans. Uh, it is 748 over here on the West Coast, and uh, this is what we're willing to sacrifice for you. This t- <laughs> is, uh, is late night. Hashtag late night 948 time. is very late. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we we've got a really good show for you today actually. We've got a good topic. I think that it will speak to a lot of people who are maybe going through a couple of the things that Kim and I have been sharing with each other that we're going through. Um what do you think, Kim? Yeah, we're going to talk about being in a funk and what that looks like and how it Oof. feels and maybe that what it looks like to not be resourced and to just be okay with that for a little while because there's some stuff that needs to be drudged up and moved through but first we need to just sort of feel it in its gravity and its grossness how's that for an alliteration i love it i love the alliteration i appreciate it um yeah so I think I'm going to have to add, um, or I'll maybe end it with a little soundtrack from Won't You Take Me to Funky Town. I think that'll be good to extro with. Um, Yes, except can I remind you that if you watched the series Parenthood, that was the soundtrack to any time that Adam and his wife were going to be intimate. They talked about they were going to go to Funky Town. I love that. Well, in this case, Funky Town has we've been in a little bit of a funk, and uh, it sort of lifted today, and then I kind of slumped back into it a little bit. Um, but overall, I think that we came up with a couple lessons. So there's basically four points that we want to make. The first one, I'm going to get right to it. I think you you hit the nail on the head with this one, Kim, when you were like, you know, sometimes you just have to allow for comfy pants. <laughs> And I 100% agree with that because what goes with funk is usually bloat. Um, they seem to they seem to be friends with each other, and everything's tight. And of course, that leads to a lot of really negative conversations I'm having in my own mind about my body, about my feelings. I mean, emotions. The stuckness I'm feeling internally is exhibiting the stuckness externally and you said something really great and really resourced and you said why am I beating myself up yoga pants are really comfortable who's gonna argue with that and I 100% agree yes I agree with myself on that (laughs) (laughs) those were sounds good those are sounds sounds like something I would say no I I agree. And to just add to that internal narrative for me, it's like 
this idea of judgment of my level of self-discipline and control and why, you know, these pants, you know, and especially as a woman of a certain age, not that being in your mid thirties is a certain age, but you've, your my body's been through so much, so much, you know, with gaining and losing weight and nursing and childbirth and injuries and, you know, athletic pursuits and, you know, the training of my, uh, my, our culture and whatever blueprint we bring with ourselves about how to talk to ourselves as women is not necessarily to sit in reverence of that and appreciation. It's, oh my gosh, look at what's going on now. Oh my gosh, it's still not good or whatever it is. And it's like even certain pairs of pants, I'm like, I was already back in those. No, I'm not in them. I can't believe it. And then sometimes I'll put them on anyway just to prove how tight they are or something. So that, and that's like supposed to be some sort of motivation. It's like, no, that that's not motivation at all. It's shaming. I'm shaming myself. It's shaming. Yeah, it's shaming and horrible. And, oh, we all do it. We all do it. That is for sure. So that was a good point. So allowing for comfy pants, which I will note that. Before we started this podcast, I put some yoga pants on, and I am feeling all the much better for it, let me tell you. Absolutely. And I enjoy the freedom of working in a clinical practice and moving and crawling with kids on the floor that I've been wearing baggy yoga pants all day, and I came from the clinic. (laughs) And these are the days where I'm like, I I love my job. I love my job. I don't have to wear real pants. (laughs) So true. So true. Yeah, I worked from home today. So technically, I only saw one patient in my home office. So I did have to wear real pants for a limited amount of time. But after that, I was just mostly doing writing and charts and stuff. And so I'm all about the comfy pants. Um, Point number two, which is point number two of helping resource yourself out of funks, um, which I thought was really nice. And this one's super important, and it is, uh, what's the soundtrack of your funk? You know, we talked about funky town, but what do we mean by that? Well, I'm always bringing things back to music, because for me, that's how I process what's really going on. And I have so many, we've talked about in the past, I have so many just musical milestones in my life of Oh, that Sarah McLachlan album that I listened to crying during that college breakup or, you know, that, <laughs> that, uh, you know, salt and pepper C or um, it was probably, a, no, it was a CD. I was going to say a tape CD that I listened to on, on repeat when I was playing Sonic mm-hmm. the Hedgehog on Sega Game Gear in my room as a sixth grade girl. Like there are just these musical milestones and it kind of comes back to that with, you know, if I'm feeling like I'm in a funk, sometimes I will resurrect some of that really old music, whether it's Sarah McLaughlin or Fiona Apple or like what what sort of dark feminine uh, drudgery, not even drudgery, but like, you know, darkness do I need to explore and get through? Mm-hmm. And some of that is the soundtrack of like, this is what I'm really feeling, this despair and this hopelessness in this melodrama that that is exists in this musical realm and and then it expands beyond that but sometimes I have to get 
kind of dark and it's like a safe way for me to really let it move through and not just sit there and be like this is where I live now I live in this darkness it's like no it's a four minute it's a four minute song that's gonna end (laughs) and I can repeat it but like there's a framework here yeah and it's it's nice it kind of takes you up and it keeps you down and I mean we've discussed this before such a 90s hip-hop fan and uh the other day it was like on tuesday or something had a really hard day and i you know we talked about the lighthouse lighthouse list and i just was like you know it's just one of those days where i'm just tired and i can't go on um but i need to like take care of myself so what did i do i took a shower which is huge i put the music on the highest volume i could without waking my son up and I sang my guts out in the shower, and it was fantastic. And I came back literally mm-hmm. a different person. I came out, and I was, like, happy as a little mm-hmm. lark. Mm-hmm. So those moments of just complete and utter nobody's looking, nobody's watching, nobody's judging, and it's between you and Keith Sweat. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's kind of that's kind of where I was at the other night and it was great. Yeah. I love, I love thinking, I mean, you know, I talk about this frequently, but I love looking back on the songs that I feel like defined the different periods of my life. And maybe that was just my way of understanding it and trying to communicate what I was feeling when I felt that I wasn't communicating effectively, perhaps as a younger version of myself. But I literally, I don't know. If you're familiar, or if our listeners are familiar with the song Never is a Promise by Fiona Apple, but it's basically the most dark, like, the whole world has betrayed me, <laughs> like, like the, it's like, never is a promise, and, I'll ne- and, I, and I can't believe a lie. I mean, it's like, the whole world is lying, I'm betrayed, it's, I, like a, like a um, ransom, ransom uh, criminal I I took every, like, <laughs> horrible magazine that I shouldn't have been reading as an insecure teen, like Seventeen and Cosmopolitan, and I cut, I cut the letters apart like I was making a ransom note and wrote out the entire, all of the lyrics to that song and taped it on my bedroom wall. <laughs> like, when I was, wow. like, you know, 15 or something. So it's like... Teenage angst amplified. Yep. More teenage <laughs> angst than like, you know, the mall on a Saturday afternoon. But but you know what? I would I would read it and I would just sing it and you know, the singing for me for me too. I mean, the other day I was you know, you get in that place where you feel just stagnant and and just, uh, this again, this is cycling back. I'm still dealing with this. This person still doesn't get me. I'm still, which of course, all of that is right. a, a story that is probably not true, but is still something that's going on. And I got in my car mm-hmm. and I turned on Hello by Adele. Oh my gosh, yes. The other day I was driving, it came on. I was like, hello. <laughs> Tears started going down my face. Damn it. It's like damn, instant. You get me Instant every time. Cry belt, like belting of, of through tears of Adele. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. It's great. It's great. So it's so true. good. It it's is so, so good. True. But then you can move through so it, right? So like, because then it's sort of like, 
I, I'm, I hash mark my memories with music. And so, you know, you and I go on our yearly trip to the, to the forest and the mountains. And we usually have certain songs every year that sort of define that trip. Mm-hmm. And I was, mm-hmm. I've been blasting Sean Mendez. I know what you did last summer and just like, and I danced just uncontrollably in the car, you know, mm-hmm. my son's there, I'm alone, whatever. It doesn't matter. People are looking. I don't really, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It just, that's what happens in, in my body with that song. song. I'm in. I'm in, I'm in a zone of, I'm not attached to how anybody's receiving this because this is what needs to happen. So if you're looking in my car and you're noticing my dance party, that's your choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I often think like, man, I wonder what I look like from the outside and for about a split second that I'm like, I don't care. This is my, this is my zone. And actually it's really funny. My son's too. And I was like, oh uh, do you want to listen to some jams? And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He says it just like that, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like they already know. Oh, they're, my gosh. They're training them young, you know? It's Logan like, will literally say, this is my jam. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I told you the other day, I was... Uh, I wonder I wonder who he... I, I know. Who from. The other day, I was uh, singing, I think it was uh, Let the Groove Get In by Justin Timberlake and but we weren't in the car we were just on the playground and I was I had started to sing it to myself and he goes he's like mommy just just leave it to Justin or something like that like you know like he and like he and Justin were in charge of the creative licensing of the song like you're not you're not honoring it you're not that. honoring the integrity of that song mom <laughs> oh my gosh that's I love that kid so much. He's just the truth. <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> as most but of it's, our kids are. As it's funny you say, are. like, people looking into your car being like, what's, you know, what do you think they're thinking? I honestly think that one time, one day, I, I still, there's still time for me to get discovered at a red light. So I don't care. If you, you like my rendition of Adele, like, <laughs> stop by my car or any karaoke at any time. You, uh, I'm not shy. So what you guys may not know about Kim is that she is a really, really good singer, and she could pretty much bring that house down at a karaoke bar. Tony Braxton, <laughs> that's her jam. That literally This is, is a jam. whole other show where we can talk about what are our go-to karaoke's, karaoke songs. Ooh, I mean, child. I, Ooh, child. It's a whole you know ranking what? system. I it's what, what what's going on. You have to read the room. It's a ranking system. <laughs> what mood do you want? We have to read the room. Are we duetting? You know, like, uh, are we going to play out right. each other's energy? Like, what's the deal? You know? But the one, but, like, if you're a singer and you like singing as much as we do, it's, like, the best thing at a karaoke bar is, like, I don't know. I've just never been You know, just, like, go right in for it. And then everybody's like, whoa, wow, I didn't know you were such a good singer. Like, yeah, you know. That's why I kind of like leading with um, somebody, like, Alicia Keys or something where it's just like, oh, do, 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 do. here comes an unassuming, like, five-foot white girl. <laughs> it's just like, uh-huh. I keep on falling. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's awesome. It's awesome. Anyway, maybe we'll have to give you a sample sometime. Um, okay. Okay, so that's that's one way to get out of a funk. Per our, what we like to do. So you can try that out. Put a soundtrack to your funk, you know? Um, 
The next really awesome thing that I think you did specifically, and I, I also did to a certain extent, was you found mentorship and, and actually this idea of know, know the mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we talked about the, we'll talk about that, but we also talked about this concept of when you were growing up, it was like, you stay in your generation. You don't go out of your generation and how important it is for us to be mentored by women who have already been through some of the things that we're going through right now. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and again, who knows where I got some of the the things that I thought were the way you do things, right? Like I, I was taught, sometimes I say things, I realize like, oh my gosh, when I was a kid, I thought that was so great. Da, da, da. I'm like, that was terrible. I mean, I can't even think of a good example, but it was like the things that you, I. Yeah. Saved by the bell. Right. That used to be like, I was like, this is such a good show. It's about real teamwork. Right. Or like, I don't know. I used to, I used to think it would be really cool, maybe because there were certain literary things out at the time, but I was, I thought it would be really cool to like live in an orphanage like that would be better you know like (laughs) like just stuff like that so take it with a grain of salt you know but um yeah I mean I was gonna say is like I just feel like I had this idea that I was a certain age and I shouldn't have you know any friends that were older or any friends that were younger I was very like this is this is who and I'm sure it was my own way of creating like predictability too like these are the people that are my choices to be my friends and this is what I feel safe with and this is it, you know. And I think I've really ex- had to expand that as I've grown and reached different milestones in my life as a woman, you know. Um, and now it's it's so, so important to me to have people in my life that are five years older, 10 years older, 20 years older, that you know, they might not all be my very closest friends or even necessarily defining, defined as a, as in the category of a friend, but they're in my life for a reason as a resource, whether it's the doula who was present at my son's birth, who is remained an important part of my life in many ways, whether it's, you know, people that I have supporting me in my motherhood journey in various capacities, whether, and, you know, the circle of women that I've also sought out in various, various realms uh, that are all going through different things, but are willing to witness each other. I mean, I'm literally in three women's circles right now, where we meet monthly as a group to sit around and share what's going on and support each other. It's kind of nuts but I like it. <laughs> it is, it is rather redundant, but it's also kind of cool that you have these circles of women that sort of, and each one of them is just a little bit of a different tweak, right? Of personality and a little bit like, that's the point I'm getting at in a very convoluted way is this. I think different mentors serve different aspects of ourselves, right? So if I'm coming to talk to you, I'm getting one side of the story. And again, we're all mirrors, right? So I'm getting one reflection back of who, how I'm mm-hmm. showing up in the world. Whereas if I go talk to my friend Francie, who's more along my parents' age, she's giving me another aspect to that story, you know? And, and she's had a little bit more life to live and a little bit more, you know... Um, 
framework to analyze. And I think that getting all those different aspects has been great. And for you, it's been really imperative to find those groups because I think a lot of times, especially when you like become a mom and you don't have, um, the good news is when I had my son, I was in my last year of medical school. And so I had kind of a built-in group of a support system of people who were really committed to, you know, giving me advice and whatever. And when, when you became a mom, it was like you had to sort of seek that out because I think a lot of times we isolate ourselves just by the nature of how we are. We get in our cars, we drive to work, we come home, we're in our house, we don't really talk a lot with our neighbors, um, we're lacking this sort of community aspect. And so for you, the women's circles have been incredibly powerful resources in, um, in your life. I mean, for me, witnessing it, right. you know, with you is... Well, I think friend. that's all true. And I also think that there are two things. One, I think it's... Well, I guess it's three. But maybe I should stop saying numbers before I talk and just count afterward. Um, basically, <laughs> I think it's about finding mentorship in unlikely places, too, right? Like putting your judgments aside about what you think how much in common you think you have with somebody or how much value they're going to add to your life or whatever that is. Not that we're doing that consciously, but I think sometimes, you know, it, we sort of size things up and decide and make decisions that aren't based on the truth. And I think for me, getting mentorship from my close friends is, is valuable and re and resourcing myself and finding broader circles of people that I'm with or, or people that are resources for me in my life that aren't necessarily somebody I'm going to call, you know, every day or, or it's all, it's all valuable. And I think one of the things I've realized mm -hmm. and I try to be aware of is that with my closest friends, there is a difficulty separating sometimes, and at least for me, like I have a protective, I mean, you know, I'm a loyal friend and I'm, I'm, I tend to be protective and sometimes that's, that's hard to always offer the most um, unbiased thing because I kind of want it like, you know, it's the whole like I'm your Luther thing. <laughs> like, it's like, ah, you know, yeah, so there's that piece. Exactly. Um, and I also think that being a therapist that has worked with populations of children and families for now going on 13 years, I'm going to be totally honest, like going into motherhood, I had this false idea that I didn't have to worry about it. You know, like, oh, I got this in the bag, time to coast, you know, like, hello, that is so not right. But we all have to go into it with our own protective <laughs> mechanisms about how hard it's going to be, you know, but I think, I right. think for exactly. me, I, I'll just share my experience as being a new mom and, you know, get the getting to know you questions with certain groups of people like what, Oh, what do you, what did you do? Or what, you know, all of that, it would inevitably come out that what I did for a living. And sometimes, um, people would start asking me questions about their own kids and it would become like a a therapist role and it was like oh my gosh how do I balance these two these two hats I'm trying to wear now or are they all one hat that I have to like cut apart and sew together like a 
collage. It's it's just a whole nother dimension. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. Um, and I think it's just a really important thing. Like we've we lack this idea of mentorship. Um, I think you know I have professional mentors. I also have you know people I would consider that are very close friends that mentor me on relationship. Um, and we you know I, I consider those people part of like what we call the council you know, a council of people that I can really rely on to get that deep reflection. We talked about in our last podcast, also looking for people who were safe, you know, and who that, yeah, we want to be authentic and we want to be vulnerable with everybody that we encounter. Like for instance, you know, you want to be authentic and vulnerable to a certain degree with your patients and your clients and the parents and all that. And there's an appropriate professional boundary around that. And then there's also you can't, it's almost like this diffuse lack of boundary thing that happens if you're not very careful and you're just, uh, you know, all over the place. Um, And then we also talk about the concept of what Brene Brown talked about, which is finding that really close-knit circle where you can be absolutely 100% authentic. You can say what you need to say and you know that you're going to get honest feedback. That's really, really important. And it's safe and it's without judgment. Um, And if you don't have that, I would recommend finding it because I think it's absolutely, for me, imperative to pull myself out of these funky slumps. Right. You know, and um, it really helps me put things into perspective and uh, and just kind of and and be with it and move move through it, which comes to our last point. Point number four, settle in, allow for that funk. Um, I came up with this thing when we were talking, Kim, I think you'll like it. Joy starvation. Okay. See where you are. I do like it. it. And why does it have to be an all? Yeah. Why does it have to be an all or nothing? It's like, we, t- you talked about this with me and I do the same thing. It's like, well, if this isn't going right, then you know what? You're not eating for three hours until this gets done. <laughs> What are we in a boot camp or something? I mean, come on. I'm not sure why starving myself for a couple hours until I get it right is actually going to help anybody in that situation. Can you speak on this? Oh, I never do anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even begin to scratch the surface of how that comes up for me. I mean... There are times when I realize I'm not even breathing, you know, it's the way I'm holding my body and clenching my jaw and da, 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 and this and that. And it's like, okay, well, uh, like I'll even get to the point where I feel like I am rationing my essential oils to diffuse. Like, oh no, I should do that. Like I should, I'll do that <laughs> when I'm happier. No, I should do it right now. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm running exactly. low on that. It's like it doesn't make any it doesn't make any logical sense that we would be hurting ourselves when we need ourselves the most, if that makes sense. It's like we're already in a funky place. What we need to do is just be really kind to ourselves and say, Hey, you know what? Whatever you need to do, girly girl, totally fine. Totally great. You want some oils? Great. You wanna eat a burrito? Fine. Do it. 
And it's just like, but instead, it's just like, what? No. I'm going to try to cram myself into these uncomfortable pants. <laughs> it's like, what? You know? But we all do it, and I think that's it. I'm, we're admitting it out loud. We're, we're just being honest with it, and we're loving ourselves anyway and being present for it. Instead of joy starvation, we're going we're gonna to actually bring on the joy. We have to do the opposite. I think what the common thread is with all of this, but especially the last two, um, with the joy starvation and even the mentorship, is self-awareness. Because for me, Mm -hmm. I need to have the self-awareness to, to get what I need from other people. I have to have clarity about what I actually want from them. I can't expect them to read my mind. I can't unload my crap onto them and then be upset when they didn't make me feel better. Right. It's like, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. you and I are really good at this because we've known each other a long time, but even when you're approaching an interaction, if you're not really clear of, hey, I just need to vent for, for a minute. I don't want any feedback. You know, like I something happened with my son the other day that totally embarrassed me in public. And I told you and you started kind of problem solving. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want any problem solving, la, la, la. And you're like, oh, okay. And then we just move forward. But I felt like if, if I wasn't grounded in that self-awareness and we didn't have the safety in that relationship, that could have just gone on. And then that would have been like this whole... Mm-hmm. Like there are so many potentials for resentment snowballs that could happen if if both people are not anchored in their yes. own awareness of what's going on in the interaction and what they actually need and what they're responsible for. You know, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing mm-hmm. for me with like the joy starvation because it's like, okay, no, I am going to eat this uh, chocolate that was in my freezer, but I'm going to be aware that I'm eating it because I feel like total garbage and I'm not not because it's all about kind of for me the way that I approach it because I know my relationship historically with food has sort of been like just keep eating and then we don't have to feel anything la 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 have a king-sized bag of Mm M&M's you know it's just gosh that doesn't even sound good now like what sounded good then it's like doesn't even sound like an indulgence now now it's like oh you know, yeah. I, I can't even, it's just so different. I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat the entire, uh, coconut bliss, coconut cherry bliss. amaretto with dark chocolate. Oh, discontinued I'm, it. I don't even oh, want to R.I.P. Cherry amaretto, coconut bliss ice cream. <laughs> Let's pour one out. Yeah. I'm going to pour out a melted, I'm not going to pour out any like coconut bliss, but I'll pour out like, you know. For anyone who doesn't know, (laughs) Coconut Bliss is the most heaven-sent version of non-dairy ice cream that is available in the marketplace. (laughs) And no, they are not a sponsor of the resource adults. (laughs) But but we will gladly take their sponsorship in, and we'll take... uh, I will work for Coconut Bliss. I will podcast... (laughs) I will pod, podcast for, for Coconut Bliss. I will stay up past 10 p.m. And can I just say that both of us have actually tried probably 99% of all dairy alternative yes. ice creams out there. Yeah. Like, and I will say, like, there's even, like, the soy whatever Mm-mm. coconut. And it's like, are you kidding no. me? No. What is this trash? And it's like, oh, how about some... 
hemp ice cream is like gross it looks like it first of all hemp ice cream looks like it doesn't melt ever it's like that perfect like they must use it to like film ice cream ads because you'll scoop it and it just like holds if, the shape if you don't eat it they just make a basket out of it <laughs> exactly there's like no melting so have you tried the avocado ice cream plastic. not good i just tried it a couple weeks ago no i wanted to like it well, that goes against my theory that you can put avocado on anything and make it good. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I love avocado. I want, And that's why it was almost sad to me to not be able to eat it. But, like, okay, so going back to be in the funk, right? Because I think this is important. Yeah. Feel yes. it and just release the judgment about it. Because I think what hurts us is not the funk. It's the beating up around the funk. Yeah, it's just, there's this acceptance that I hit of like, okay, well, this is my day to be really sad, or this is my time to be really sad. I don't know how long it's going to last, but what I do tell myself is, let mm-hmm. it come up, you know? This is something that I've really, really had to work on. It's like, okay, well, what what do I need to let come up, you know? Do I need to cry? Do I need to crawl in a fetal position? Like... I know that it's not a permanent situation, but there's so much energy I used to use trying to stuff down whatever I was mm-hmm. trying to avoid that it would take me half the amount of time now because I'm like, well, we're just going to mm-hmm. sit here and let this come. This is mm-hmm. what's happening today. And and it's like amazing how if I just fully let myself go, I'll go and it'll look real scary for a little bit and then it'll come around and it'll just be Mm -hmm. like, okay, like we're good now and you'll come back full circle. You actually get the full circle moment on it and it's so important. So, so I agree. I mean, I find I will get headaches and I'll realize, oh, this is because I'm actually, I actually need to cry. (laughs) Like it's actually... Mm resonating in my head and I'm like oh, okay and then I I cry and then I feel like a million bucks well maybe not a million maybe like maybe like half a mil 0.5 <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to, be to be specific, specific. 0.59 no I just it's like my you're absolutely right your body works harder so hard trying to suppress it and it's like wait a minute I think there's something that's I'm supposed to let out I think I'm supposed to cry and as you and I have discussed many times, um, but our listeners that practice yoga or maybe aren't familiar with yoga, like hip openers in yoga class, there's nowhere to run. <laughs> the tears, the Witness, tears. Witnessing that, I just hate, I hate life when we do hip openers. I'm like, and who wants to do hip openers today? I'm never like, yes, me. I'm any like, requests, ah. class, any requests? Hip openers, mother ah. <laughs> here it comes <laughs> comes here the tidal comes. wave that's that's being um, held by the dam of my iliac crests on both sides of my hips <laughs> so but it's a gift because then it goes so through true. and you're like oh because then it goes, goes through and you're like yes I needed that So what does it look like when you're not resourced? Well, I think it looks like everything we talked about, which is shoving yourself in the uncomfortable pants, not talking to the people who you trust and mentor you, uh, 
absolutely no joy whatsoever. No music, no soundtracks, no nothing, no <laughs> coconut bliss. No bad TV. Um, that's that's not okay. So not allowed. No bad, heck no, no oh Kardashians whatsoever. Don't even think about it. Mine's HGTV. Oh. That's my, like, I'm going to go do that after we're nice. off Nice. Which one? Property and Brothers? I think, yeah. I love Property Brothers. I've watched all of them on Netflix. Um, I My favorite show is mm. Fixer Upper on there. I love that mm. show. Chip and JoJo. Mm. They're so They beautiful. are. Very, they're couple. very inspiring couple. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So HGTV. Oh, what? HGTV hashtag, you can sponsor us. Um, what it looks like to not be resourced. What we needed to say on episode seven, you know, this is a podcast about being resourced. And you know what? Sometimes these resourced adults fail. But we don't really fail. We come full circle and we go, no, Human. we're just humans, having a human experience. And that's okay. It's like that Christina Human Perry song, Human. which, again, that's another soundtrack to my funk. <laughs> the one that, do you know that one that's like the I'm not gonna go into singing because I feel like I really did that but like the chorus is like I'm only human and I bleed when I fall down I'm only human and I crash and I break down and it's it's just like this allowing anthem for me of like you don't have to get it right all the time and you don't have to be happy all the time and it's just I don't know it's just it's really oh. good but I will say going back to our recap I think I just realized another metaphor about the pants. When you're shoving yourself into the pants, okay. it's like yes. proof that I, that I don't fit anywhere. Mm. See, I don't fit into these pants and I don't fit in with these people and I don't fit in. I'm an imposter at my job and I'm an imposter in the world. It's like that imposter syndrome in my own pants. <laughs> it's like oh, I can't, e- I can't so even embody good. myself. See? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even doing Kim right today. I can't classic. do skinny Kim, so I guess I'm doing I need to do fat Kim. Like it's just like not even <laughs> <laughs> And she can't have any joy or watch any oh TV or eat anything good until she's skinny Kim again. Which is like again, not even a true thing. Oh my gosh. It's not even true. But you gotta kinda like you almost have to say it out loud because you're like, this is ridiculous. Like yeah, because it echoes around in the confines of your own head, and it sounds true there because that's that's the reality that's trying to prove itself. But then you give it space in the world, and you say it out loud, and it's like, if any other person said this to me, I would encourage them to be kind to themselves. So why aren't I doing that for myself? Exactly. Be your own best friend, people. Moral of the story. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up here. It's been so awesome. If you guys want to um, leave comments, we got some great comments on our last show. Please continue to leave it. We're the resourced adult on Facebook, um, on Instagram. We're also the resourced adult, the resourced adult. Um, you can find more information about my clinic at terrainwellness.com. And Kim, you can be reached on your Instagram at holistic yes. pediatrics. Uh, yes. All right? one word. Did it all? Absolutely. Holistic Pediatrics. Um, anybody out there who has some ideas about what you guys want to hear us talk about, we'd love to know what they are. Please leave them, us a message on our Facebook page. Otherwise, have a really safe and beautiful Halloween. If you celebrate Halloween, Harvest Festival, what have you. Um, 
Until next time, everyone, be resourced and shoot. Be well. Be resourced. (laughs) Be well. See, I'm such in a funk, I can't even say our motto correctly. Okay. Be well. Be resourced. We love you guys. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye.